0: Welcome to episode 20 of the Grow Well podcast. You guys, I'm pretty pumped for this episode. Like, really, it feels like a treat. I get to chat with Bryce Sturmer from Velodrome Coffee Company. And as you'll soon find out, he's awesome. You guys, I – gosh – I'm stumbling over my words from just pure excitement because we talk coffee on just a whole nother level and I'm sure that if we had more time we could spend hours talking about it or rather me asking him lots of questions and then him talking about it so that I can just learn all the things we cover the growth cycle of coffee plants. We talk about like from plant, like from a seed all the way to the coffee that you drink in the morning. Um, We talk about the value of fair trade coffee and personally sourced coffee. And he has a really incredible view on this. And is doing something very unique that should be done more often and so I'm excited to share just his opinions and his thoughts because they're ones that I echo in so many ways and why I have been a subscriber to Velodrome Coffee for a long time for as long as I can remember at this point I get um, coffee beans delivered to my door twice a month and It's just probably the best two times of the month possible. So you can do that too. And I strongly suggest that you do and support what they're doing because, oh my goodness, not only is the coffee amazing and I am just a full-on coffee snob and I am embracing it, yo. Also, I just love his heart and I love his mission and what he's doing to really radically change the coffee industry one little step at a time. Did you know that coffee is the second most traded commodity? That's insane. We talk about more about why that is and how it has a huge impact on our culture and our society and oh my gosh, it's so good. Before I dive into the episode, I want to encourage you to head to iTunes and leave The Grow Well podcast, a rating and a review. Each rating and review adds up to be very impactful. So please, I know that platform can be frustrating to navigate and it can be hard and tricky, but know that it it just means the whole wide world to me. The whole wide world. So get your booty over to iTunes. Leave me a rating and review. Let me know what you're loving and how I can serve you better. I would be so grateful. And then also if you could screenshot this episode, tag me at Dusty Heggy and then also tag Velodrome Coffee on Instagram and share with everybody that you're listening because I guarantee you you're a coffee drinker since it's the second most traded com- commodity. So, okay, maybe not guarantee, but it's pretty likely that you have got a thing for coffee too, right? And that your friends have a thing for coffee. So just do us all a favor, share the coffee love, share the plant love, because guys, guess what? Coffee is a plant. Which is why it just makes coffee even better, right? There's just so many levels to how good this episode is. You're in for a real treat. One last thing before we dive into the goodness, I have... A really exciting houseplant course coming up and you're going to hear more about it later on in the episode, but I just want to prick your little ears up and say it's going to be fun and amazing and inexpe- inexpensive, whoa, it's late in the evening and I'm just losing all my words and you would think I was going to record this to make it sound more professional but I'm just not going to, going to be real with you guys. All that to say, I have a houseplant course coming up called... Get Landy Houseplant Foundations, which is the former name of this podcast. Um, so I'm excited to dive in and share more about this course and the incredible things that I know it can do for you and your home on like a personal level, on a houseplant level, on just all the levels. Um Yeah, it's going to be really great and it's going to be amazing. So if you want to learn more about it, just head to revivenursery.com and there you can join the wait list and get in on an early bird pricing because I am going to allow 30 people to come in at an early bird pricing and then I'm going to shut those doors um, for a while, go through that course with those first 30 people and be very, very, very hands on um, and really create a community around those 30 people because I want this to be a time I get to improve the course, I get some really good feedback, so you're not only going to get a lower price point, you're also going to get more one-on-one time with me if you join in for the early pricing. So head to revivenursery.com, join the waitlist to get on board slash enroll to the Grow Well. Wow. So, let's try that again, y'all. Get on the wait list for the Get Plenty Houseplant Foundations course. It's going to be amazing. Okay, I think I've rambled on long enough. Let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Grow Well Podcast. I'm your host, Dusty Heggy, and the Grow Well Podcast has recently went through a change. Formerly, Get Planty Podcast is now the Grow Well Podcast. But don't worry, so much of the content is going to stay the same, but I'm leaning in to what it means to grow well as a person, to grow well emotionally, spiritually, and maybe even a little bit of business growth. We're going to cover it all, and I'm so excited to bring you along in my own growth process and my process of trying to learn how to enjoy growing well. Each week I'll bring you actionable houseplant care tips, incredible guests to unpack what it means to grow well and leave you feeling so encouraged and inspired as you curate your own dreamy houseplant collection. So grab a cup of coffee, snuggle up next to your plants and let's have an honest conversation about growing well. All right, Bryce, do you wanna introduce who you are and tell us about Velodrome Coffee?
1: Yeah, so my name is Bryce Sturmer I'm the founder and now co-owner of Velodrome Coffee Company, located in Marquette, Michigan. And among Velodrome, also doing some other entrepreneurial ventures these days. But uh, yeah, Velodrome started in uh, basically like December of 2016 with just an idea. Uh, my wife and I really wanted to start a shop in Marquette, Michigan, which is uh, kind of her hometown area, and um, my time in the coffee industry kind of got me passionate and also opened my eyes to the idea of uh, creating a company that's based around personally sourcing our coffee as much as we can. So basically just trying to be as transparent as possible with where we get our green coffee, who the people are that um, you know grow this stuff and their stories. Um, just felt like my time in the industry to that point had basically left me a little discouraged as to how it sort of operated and I was hoping that with this company we could start to try to shift um that whole approach and try to source coffee transparently with stories and and kind of add the humanistic element back into what we're doing so yeah that's kind of the short of it
0: yeah yeah and I think you guys are doing an incredible job I feel like I've learned so much about coffee and about the whole industry just from what you guys are doing so thank you appreciate that Yeah. Yeah. How did, um, can you just maybe explain a little bit why coffee? Like why is this an industry that you love so much?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, well, first of all, coffee is like the second biggest, um, most traded commodity next to oil. So, I mean, just the fact that it's so vast. Yeah. And there's so many people that, um, obviously consume it. It's so based around so many cultures. Like it just has this huge cultural impact across the entire globe. Um, I, so I think that's really interesting. Uh, But it really did start with just like a passion of really trying to enjoy good things in life. And I think coffee is one of them. And so yeah, that kind of rabbit hole led to, hey, this stuff tastes great. I like doing this. Oh, there's like a nerdy aspect to it that I kind of enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then as time went on through, like I had said, with kind of just going through the industry and working for other companies, like, man, there's a social side to this. There's a, you know, humanistic side. There's like global economics. Like, it's just so interesting. So I guess like as far as why coffee, um, I'd say it's just because it's one of my biggest passions in life. And so I really just, um, you know, anything I'm trying to do to better this industry and, and other people's lives and stuff, it, it's just been a great vessel for making that all happen. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I was a barista for like two or three years, uh, uh, like a th- local third wave coffee nice. shop. And I loved it. I like would love to be able to someday when my dream for revived nursery comes to fruition and I have like <laughs> physical space I would love to add that element in
1: oh heck yeah that'd be awesome I yeah, mean I anytime you're...
0: you can add coffee to things it's just exactly. gonna get better
1: <laughs> I was saying I want to say too like thank you for being like our longest subscriber to <gasps> our monthly subscriptions like I was just on our our app so that does like the recharging and i mm-hmm. saw your like it always puts the people in list of how many orders they've had and you're at the way at the top now, yes oh that feels like
0: such Super a badge cool. of honor <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's awesome I we look forward it.
0: to it every month well twice Good. a month because
1: uh, yeah cause exactly. twice a month because <laughs> <laughs> you drink a lot of coffee because <laughs> i drink a
0: whole lot of coffee yeah <laughs> yeah love it i do too gotta tell you thank Can you you, you explained a little bit about a earlier but can you unpack what you mean when you say personally sourced
1: yeah so personally sourced is kind of this term we've been throwing around it's not you know fair trade it's not like direct trade and necessarily i think those words get kind of overused and kind of lose their meaning so we say personally sourced coffee which Mm -hmm. typically means um in most cases i've visited the farm myself Mm -hmm. um shaking the hands of the farmers seeing how they you know treat their workers see what kind of sustainability and environmental practices they have in place at their farm so That's a good chunk of our lineup Mm -hmm. Um, to balance things out, sometimes to offer a little bit more intriguing coffees and some different, um, you know, rarer things. um, We do extend our like personally sourced uh, vision towards um, anyone who else else who has also like been to the farm. Mm -hmm. Um, So good friends like that. So, you know, being in the industry for a while, you meet people at trade shows and different things, you get to know them over time. And a great example is a coffee we have from Burundi right now, Burundi, Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been there. I definitely want to get there someday, but we work with a guy named Ben Carlson and has an organization called uh, Long Miles Coffee Project. Yeah, I'm really familiar with them. Yeah, they're very popular on the West Coast with like uh, Olympia roasting and stuff. They were one of yeah. their first customers. But uh, yeah, they do incredible work like, insane amount of like social and um, infrastructural based like, projects for the people there so that they can organize and they can make b- coffee like better and then like better their communities and their lives. So that's like a coffee I can definitely get behind. And I know Ben personally. So it's like every year I see him in Seattle or, or Boston now this year for the trade show, hang out, hear about what's going on in Burundi. So it's like, it is, you know, that is our personally sourced kind of motto. So we don't have a ton of coffee. So a lot of other roasteries carry like a dozen or so offerings. We usually carry four, mm-hmm. um, sometimes even less. So it's just kind of like, we, we don't play the field. We really just Try to present the best, um, most transparent coffees that we possibly can. So yeah, we're working honestly right now on expanding that a little bit to some more relationships and stuff. But it's tough uh, to vet that out and to build those relationships. It takes a lot of time. So
0: yeah, yeah. Well, and I imagine it takes a lot of just resources and money as well because getting all the way to Africa is not a (laughs) small feat for us. (laughs)
1: Exactly, exactly. And you know, like people reach all the time. Um, There's a lot of new. There's been kind of like a resurgence in growers, um, getting with exporters and like doing things directly a little bit more, which is kind of cool and refreshing to see, but I get, I mean, probably an email every week from a producer that's like, Hey, I have a farm here. Uh, would you like to try our coffee and stuff? And it's like, I do, I always try it, but it's hard to take those sorts of, you know, um, you know, basically sales things and, and make that into a friendship and a relationship that works. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of, it's been part of our, our, our growth
0: is trying to figure that all out. <laughs> Yeah, I bet there's a lot of trial and error and a lot of learning as you go.
1: Lots of trial and error, you know. It's a little bit more risky for us, um, which again, I. It's funny that I even mentioned that, just because it's so much more risky to be the ones growing country or growing coffee in a third world country. But uh, you know, we do. We want to make sure that we can sustain ourselves so that we can keep doing this for lots of years. So we're always trying to be smart about how we grow and what we do. So.
0: Yeah. Why does it matter? Like, why? I guess what's the value of having personally sourced beyond just that relationship, which has a lot of value in and of itself, but why is it important for the farmers in third world countries who are growing coffee?
1: Well, I think the main thing is about having like a two way street of communication. And also like, it's very difficult to verify whether it's through an importer or an organization like fair trade or something like that. It's still incredibly difficult to have full confidence that, this coffee is being traded completely ethically mm-hmm. and environmentally like consciously. So, um, yeah, I guess like for us, it's really just like, I want to always present a product that we're 100% confident in and can completely explain, you know, what the the farms are doing proactively mm-hmm. to be a better steward of the earth and of, you know, a better, a better, you know, um, uh, community member to humanity. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's the, that's that's the main reason why why we really get into the personally sourced and really focus on that is just because it's it's the only way to be hundred percent confident um, that you're getting exactly what you're looking for. There's great organizations, like don't get me wrong, Fair Trade is one that um, it is a great organization and they do a, a pretty decent certification project. But like if you're if you're just at a grocery store and you're like choosing you know, between coffees and you see a Fair Trade sticker it, you know it's a safe bet um but we want to go a step further and we're small so like we can and that's what we try to do so yeah we just want to make sure like the whole thing is done well it's rounded you know it's done efficiently and that when you kind of remove middlemen and you remove imp- imp- importers right. um and you can work more directly then it just means more to the farmer and we always try to work with farmers that are going to go above and beyond you know, not just making money and padding the, you know, their pockets or anything, but really doing awesome stuff with premiums. Um, A great example is I was in Nicaragua and we work with a company called gold mountain coffee growers. Mm -hmm. They do incredible stuff. They have a lot of cool programs, but one of their main things is if you get this high quality, like if you work really hard to produce a a coffee that uh, cups, which is like the, the assessment for flavor, if it cups above a certain score, then this this exporter called Gold Mountain Coffee Growers, who we work with. They're going to give the farmer a premium, um, like a, a like a lump sum chunk of money, and say, "Cool, good job, you've done well. You know, you've progressed your crop. Here's money." And so I was visiting these farms in Nicaragua. And one of them had been one of them that had just gotten that premium bonus, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we were we were visiting the farm we were down like on this lower level of the farm where all the water was kind of running through and and water's a big deal on coffee farms because it's the main source of pollution it's also a huge component of just having good coffee and so we're down in this like area and there's this huge like tank with these like charcoal filters lined up like down it and then it goes into a stream and i was like oh what's this and like oh this is our new like activated charcoal um water filtration situation um and i was like oh is that just like so you can recycle the water and stuff and they're like no it's actually so like when we use all the water, like the four times that we use the actual water, when we put it back into the earth, it's clean. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, you know, how did you fund that? Was it like a grant or whatever? And they're like, no, this was what we used our quality bonus on. And I was like, oh my gosh, like you could have bought a new truck, like you could have, you know, bought a new house, like all this stuff, like money goes a really long way in Nicaragua. And instead they carted, you know, concrete up, this mountainside and built this huge tank with these charcoal filters mm-hmm. just to filter the water before they returned it back to the earth I was just like oh my goodness that yeah, is so that's pretty cool. incredible. yeah so it's finding those farmers and like working with them because you just know any any more you can get for them is going to be just better for everything you know mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah for sure that's really incredible
1: yeah that's like one of my favorite like moments at origin was that kind of like, whoa, like that is such a deep respect for the earth and like what you're trying to do. And wow, it was just really
0: cool. This episode is sponsored by none other than me. I have an incredible Houseplant Foundations course coming your way and I am 100% pumped by it guys. As I've been teaching houseplant care, I have noticed such a big theme and I don't think I ever really saw it coming in the like way that it has shown up. And that is the incredible way that houseplant care can really be self-care and even deeper than that, it can be soul care. So I would define soul care as more than just that primping and pampering and rest that we take, but it's about digging in a little bit deeper. It's about doing the dirty work and pushing forward in spiritual and personal growth. Um, and I have heard time and time again people tell me that after they attend my workshop or after they take a course from me or learn from me, that they were going in it to learn about houseplant care, but they left finding a new way to be able to take care of themselves and invest in themselves in a really incredible, life-giving way. So this Houseplant Foundations course called Get Planty Houseplant Foundations is a course that's designed to equip you with the foundations, which is more than just the basics, but not so much that you're going to become a botanist, but I want to give you a really good core understanding of houseplant care so that you can bring in new plants to your home with the confidence that you're going to be able to keep that beauty alive. Like, there are some really key things you need to understand, like basic photosynthesis, how and when to water, why light matters, and how to maximize the light within your home. I talk about fertilizer, I talk about pruning, I talk about all of the nitty gritty houseplant care stuff and I have it in a really beautiful, easy to, easy to digest, maybe not so easy to say, houseplant course. So if you want to get in on this houseplant course um, at an early bird rate, I'm only allowing 30 people in the course at this rate. So you can head to revivenursery.com slash course to get in on that wait list because the doors won't open for another two weeks or so and when they do I'm like closing those doors firmly at 30 people so if you want to get in at the early bird rate head to revivenursery.com slash course to be able to sign up and join the wait list to get in on the Get Plenty Houseplant Foundations course. I really think you're gonna love it and I can't wait to share more about this course as time progresses but in the meantime let's dive back into the episode. Can you explain how coffee is made from like seedling to brewing a cup of coffee? Because really coffee is a plant and you're harvesting yeah. fruit from that plant. And that's what we love here on the Get Plenty podcast is plants. Plants. So you could, <laughs> plants. <laughs> so you could explain that process to us and just how, like what goes into that and those steps.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's long and complicated, but I'll <laughs> yes. give you the general kind of 10,000 foot view. Um, but yeah, it's a it's an amazing process. There's uh, hundreds of steps. There's thousands of people that are gonna touch this product. But mm-hmm. here's a, here's just a one example. Um, usually the plant starts out obviously as a seedling. Not usually, but all the time starts out as a seedling. Right. Yes. And uh, they start usually at a nursery. And so sometimes these are on the farms. Sometimes nurseries are their own business
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, that sell to farms. So they they carefully raise the plant, try to get the roots to be very strong, um, get it a good start in life. And after it reaches about 18 inches tall, they'll take that plant out of the like root bag and implant it in the ground. Um, When it's first implanted in the ground, it needs to be like really carefully managed, uh, a lot of shade, a lot more watering and that sort of thing. So it's very common to kind of take a row within a coffee farm. um, And like when you're planting, like plant within a row that's, or plant within a, a field that's already cultivating coffee um and kind of use that as like shade and stuff Mm -hmm.
0: works really good taller
1: exactly yep yep and then sometimes yeah so that's kind of the main way that's happening um then it takes about three to four seasons typically for that plant to really produce anything that's worth harvesting Mm -hmm. um and yeah once it gets to gets to about three four years old um the process of a growing cycle is basically the um, there's these little flowers that form and then those have to be pollinated. Some trees have to be, uh, cross pollinated. Some can pollinate themselves, that sort of thing. And then once this pollination happens, the flowers fall off. They start with those flowers where they start growing little fruit. That fruit takes about six to eight months to mature, uh, under proper conditions. And during this whole time, I should mention that like flowering requires like a specific amount of rainfall at the exact right amount of time. And like dew is a huge factor and wind and all this stuff. They need an exact amount of sunlight. So they're super finicky plant. Um, and then once the, the fruit is matured to this like perfectly ripe purple, reddish color, it's harvested usually by hand. I mean, all the coffee we have is harvested by hand mm-hmm. um, in, in four to five rounds of picking. So they'll send workers throughout the entire field four to five different times to make sure they pick it when it's at the ripest point. Cause you can have a, you can have a branch that's got, you know, incredibly ripe fruit, but then still like little baby kind of barely ripe fruits going on it. So it takes a lot of time. It usually takes about two to three months to harvest everything after that it's wet milled. So basically they take the seed, which is our coffee bean out of the cherry, which is the fruit. Um, a lot of ways to do that, but basically they remove that. Then it's dried. Drying is really important to yield the best flavor, sweetness and complexity and brightness, like it has to be done really well um that's the whole thing (laughs) i could talk about that for hours as well but uh yeah that's really important and then so it's dried after that it's um uh dry milled so then there's like this little layer that's over the seed called the husk Mm -hmm. um and so that has to come off and it's kind of like this hard to describe but it's like a it kind of reminds me like a pistachio shell but like a lot thinner but Mm -hmm. it is pretty like like,
0: it looks like a sheath kind of right yeah
1: yeah yeah like a little sheath and it's like once it's dried it's actually kind of hard but like if you run it through kind of like a grinder sort of a thing or something that agitates that enough, it'll break it up and make it fall off. So then you have the seed and the green seed. That is the coffee, you know, bean that gets sorted a bunch of times, a bunch of different ways. It gets put in the bags. Those bags go to America or wherever else they're being roasted. Um, and then we roast them, which is a whole nother thing, obviously craziness.
0: Yes. And
1: <laughs> after they're roasted, you grind them on up. You got your coffee grinds and you choose to brew it however you want and enjoy. So yeah. that's kind of the main process.
0: Yeah, it's cool because that process takes like, I don't know, between four and five years at least from yeah. seedling to sipping on a cup of coffee. Yeah, like That's a long yep. process and a lot of steps that are involved in making that happen. Tons. It's crazy to me that that coffee, I didn't know that coffee was the second most traded commodity. I thought it would be like salt or something.
1: Yeah. No, or it's, flour, maybe. You would think so, like wheat or something like that. Yeah, like no, rice or salt or
0: flour. That's crazy that it's coffee.
1: It's insane. And, you know, it's grown way more. Like the best coffee is grown within the tropics, between mm-hmm. the Tropic of Capricorn and Cancer. Mm-hmm. But coffee is grown everywhere. Like it really is like, you know, it's grown in Vietnam, mm-hmm. um, which is a huge producer of Robusta coffee, which is kind of like lower grade mm-hmm. uh, stuff that like gets drank all over the place. But everything we yeah. talk about and I just mentioned is, is it's it's called Arabica. Yeah, the good stuff.
0: Yeah, Robusta. How do you say it? Robusta or Robusta?
1: I've heard it both ways.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, is usually what's made for like Folgers and U-Ban yeah. and stuff like that. But they still have to add like a little bit of Arabica to it anyways, right? Because otherwise it would be yeah, inedible. Yeah, they,
1: <laughs> they sometimes do. And then, you know, like you think about all the different products that like another big uh, aspect of like coffee industry um, and the low-grade industry is actually like decaf because mm-hmm. – Um, so obviously we have decaf coffee, but what happens to that caffeine, right? Right. What they do with that is sell it to pharmaceutical and, uh, food manufacturers. So that in itself is like a huge, like thing that people don't think about in coffee, but like, it's a great way to get caffeine. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all like all headache medications and like tons of other, everything like, you know, Red Bull and Coca-Cola, like everything has caffeine added. And Mm -hmm. that all comes from base usually, um, decaffeinated coffee and taking that caffeine out. So it drives a ton of other industries.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy. I know. So from my few years working in the coffee industry, I know that the way that coffee is grown from like the way that it's grown or the conditions that it's grown in all affects the flavor of that, like final product of that cup of coffee even now yeah. to like the roasting and the way that you brew it can you oh, give okay. us maybe just a really basic I know there's like this is like such a loaded question <laughs> a really basic overview of like what kinds of things affect what kinds of flavors
1: yeah um I get this question a lot and I, I keep saying that one day I'm gonna write like a book or something about all the things that to flavor because it's it's crazy but I usually start by saying that like coffee there's nothing that I can do as a roaster or uh, as a barista to like make the coffee better than it than it is. So basically the mm-hmm. whole process of getting the flavor out of the coffee is basically tapping potential. Gotcha, and I believe okay. that potential starts at the farm right. um, And so there's a number of factors of the farm but obviously uh, elevation is a huge one the varietal of coffee they're planting there's uh, there's a ton of different hybrids now there's a bunch of different you know heirloom varietals and that sort of thing but that's a huge factor just because obviously every plant is going to be different chemically um, mm. just because of varietal so that's huge uh, altitude I said climate why
0: why would altitude matter I guess I don't understand why that would matter
1: yeah altitude affects the plant a lot chemically as far as how it processes the oxygen because at oh, higher yeah. pre- uh, higher elevations there's you know different that's amounts of oxygen, oxygen. Yeah. also maturation so how quickly the or how slowly I should say that fruit matures mm-hmm. is also a really big deal. And so if you're at a higher elevation, typically have a little bit more temperate climate, a little less temperature swing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows for a nice slow maturation and the development, of a lot more sugars in the fruit. So that's kind of a huge that impact on flavor. Yeah. yeah. And you know, too, like, I guess this is another topic tangent, but you know, with climate change and everything that's happening, mm-hmm. it's being harder and harder for coffee to grow at the proper altitudes and that sort of thing. But, um, all that said, yeah, those are big factors, you know, how much care the plants are given throughout their growing cycle is huge, you know, anything anything along the entire chain can just only make coffee worse. So you know, harvesting, okay. like you can have the most amazing, perfect, wonderful coffee tree that grows the most brilliant fruit, and then you can screw it all up in processing and let it get moldy, or you can dry it too slowly or too quickly and it mm-hmm. loses flavor, so on and so forth. So. I basically as the roaster have to assume I'm getting like the perfect product and then I just have to not screw it up. So that's
0: kind of my whole premise, which makes a lot of sense why personally sourcing it would be even more Exactly. That just sort of brings that topic full circle because then you can really trust that they are putting the time and the effort that it takes to bring you an incredible product.
1: Yeah. And I can like text the farmer and during drying and be like, hey how's it going? You know? Cause like, this is a big step, you know? <laughs> how's yeah. everything going? Is it raining there? Cause like, if it's raining while they're trying to dry the coffee, that can just be a whole mess. But oh, you know, you. there's tons of stuff. There's like, but the main thing I like to point out is that you're starting with something and the only thing you can really do is screw it up. So it's super important to focus on every single step all the way until the cup.
0: Yeah. Good job. Yeah. That was a great overview. I learned a lot.
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad. It's yeah. always like fun to try to like in this stuff that I deal with every day on such a, you know, micro level, it's hard to sometimes bring it all out. Right. <laughs> yeah. And,
0: and it's not like I'm asking you really specific questions. I'm asking you very broad overviews, like explain <laughs> how coffee works in the whole world. Right
1: <laughs> you go. Oh, it's awesome. All right, yeah. I love talking about it. So it's all good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that you came on. Cause I mean, all of my people like coffee, it's the second highest traded good, right? Exactly. Like, that's like, crazy. Everyone
1: drinks it <laughs> Everyone in some does, form or yeah. another.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of things we love to talk about, do you have a houseplant question that I could answer for you?
1: Yeah, so I've got a few. Um Ask so away. I premise with saying I know a lot about coffee and coffee plants, but I uh I've never been able to keep a coffee plant alive um in my house. Yeah. So and I've seen I've gone to cafes where they have like a full tree that's like six feet tall. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. So what would be some tips for actually keeping a coffee tree alive in my house?
0: Yeah, so the very first thing is to just consider where they come from, um, like because they are growing along like the equator and in higher elevations and in places where they have twelve plus hours of sun a day, like they have monstrous mm-hmm. amounts of sun. Those are the first things to consider. Um, secondly, when you see giant coffee trees in coffee shops, they probably bought it at that size because uh, there's not a lot of sun in our homes or in any shop, even if you had a full window on one wall, you still have four other walls, like the roof and three others that are blocking sun. So there's like a tiny little window of light that can come in. So even if you had, even if you lived in like Florida, then it would still be difficult to grow it indoors. So keep in mind that the size is probably, they already bought it at that size. So I would say first step is buy the size you want. The second step I would say is, it would be worth it to invest in a grow light. Okay. And they have you can buy full spectrum like LED grow lights so that they're not pink and purple and it would just be white. Um, ah, and there's a that's lot cool. to be, yeah. So there's a lot to be learned within the grow light sphere. Um, uh-huh. But really, I would just say go on Amazon and find a full spectrum LED grow light. Um, cool. And then the other thing is humidity and moisture are really, really, really important because they have such thin waxy leaves. They need a lot of humidity and a lot of moisture. So my best rule for watering is I call it the finger check rule. So you stick your finger in the soil and if it's dry up to your first knuckle, then give it a good watering, first or second knuckle around there. Okay. Yeah. And then just adding like a, a humidifier nearby will only help. It's not super necessary. Watering is more important than humidity, but humidity will only help. So like proper humidity isn't a substitute for proper watering, Mm -hmm. um, but it will help. Yeah.
1: Cool. That makes a lot of sense. Like, I guess I just never thought about it totally, but yeah, Yeah. humidity and all that stuff. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. They're super finicky.
0: They are. Yeah. And I think that the, the hardest thing is we buy a cute little four inch coffee tree and they look like bushes really when mm-hmm. we buy them from nurseries. Um, but, and we want it to grow to this big, beautiful thing, but we just will never have the sun required to produce that much growth. It will grow and it will sustain the growth it's already had, but it will grow mm-hmm. at a much slower rate because we're not at the right elevation or because we're not, um, we don't have access to that kind of light, no matter what we do.
1: Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Sure thing. Another question I had, this is also a weird question, mm-hmm. um, but uh, we have these plants in our shop uh, that we put up front, like in the windows, mm-hmm. and one's a monstera plant. I know mm-hmm. that. The other one, I'm not really sure, but it's kind of like it. Um, all that said, it seems like a bunch of fruit flies like live yeah. in the soil of them, and they like get all crazy, and they go in the window, and they die, and they're like, I clean up these like mounds of fruit flies every uh-huh. week right by them and I was wondering if there's anything I could do about that
0: oh for sure yeah and they're actually called either fungus gnats or fungus flies so they're similar to a fruit fly but they're different (laughs) um yeah and they're not they're the good thing is is of all the house pests, house plant pests you could get they're the easiest to get rid of um they're kind of annoying more than anything they won't super harm your plant a whole lot they can eventually but it would take just millions and millions and millions for it to really okay have a big long-term effect (laughs) so rest assured your plant will be okay um but the they lay their eggs their larvae in the top quarter inch of the soil so my first recommendation is to remove the top half inch of soil and don't replace it they want like wet damp moist conditions so I would say scoop off the first inch or like half an inch to an inch and just discard all that soil just throw it away um and then They thrive in damp conditions and in wet conditions. So I would say wait until the very last second to water your plants. Okay. What you really want to do is try and starve them so that the adult flies can't lay more larvae. Because if they go, they land on the top of that soil and it's too dry, they just won't lay eggs.
1: They just Uh, can't. That makes Uh, sense. Because like that window area in our shop too, like when it's really cold like this and it's hot Mm -hmm. in the shop, there's like a lot of condensation that forms yeah. in that corner. So that's probably all, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and it's good for the plant. All that moisture and all that humidity is really good for the plant, um, cool. especially monsteras. They need a lot of more humidity. So that's probably why your plant's doing well. But yeah. um, it also the fruit flies like – or the fungus gnats like it a lot. The last step I would say is you can get – you know like those fly tapes that are big spirals in the horrible.
1: Yeah. Your hair gets stuck in them. They're the worst. (laughs) They
0: they are the worst. They make some though that are specific to houseplants and they are little stakes and they make, you put the sticky tape and it makes little like bubbles sort of on the sides. You can get them on Amazon. The ones I've always bought are the Safer brand. I think if you just type in Amazon Safer brand houseplant tape, Uh um, you'll find them. And those I have found to be so effective because you do want to try and get rid of the larva. Like that should be the first priority. But then after that, you do have adults that you should try and kill also. So I put like two or three in the base of the plant. Um, and they will attract so many. You'll probably have to throw the tape away and put new ones on because they are really, really effective. Nice. Yeah. Noted. Yeah.
1: going to do that.
0: Fungus gnats are like the one of the biggest question I get from people, on, like how do get live of. Mm-hmm. They're really common.
1: Cool. Yeah. That that makes me feel better because I was like, I I was like, man, this is so gross. And I like we we're like right in the window, you know, people yeah. sitting in the window seats. They're probably uh-huh. like, what the heck in the world's going gonna...
0: <laughs> on? All these flies here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're annoying, and they always seem to fly right in your face, like right at your nose. Oh, drives me crazy.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's interesting. And then, do you think those ones might like? come over to our our coffee area a little bit too because like i've noticed them around our um like compost bin yep or do you think okay they like that too probably yeah
0: i would say just start start on trying to get rid of them at the plant because that's where they want to eat the roots and the soil and all the decaying matter within your the soil um so i would say start there and and my bet would be once you get rid of them there they'll probably be gone okay Um, cool yeah and if sense. not, I would just suggest using fly tape near your, like if you put it underneath the counter near the compost bin because that fly tape is really, really effective.
1: Okay, sick.
0: Yeah. yeah. Alright,
1: awesome. Yeah. I appreciate Last, it.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Last question. What is making you so super happy right now? Like anything in the whole wide world?
1: Um, I think it's just the opportunity to travel and to like see new places and stuff. I got to go to two new places this week for different things for for work um so just just been really enjoying kind of that but i do really mm-hmm. miss uh home and i can't wait to get home to my lovely wife Pegan. Yeah. so that's making me happy that i get to see her in about well, let's see 30 hours 30 hours Yay. <laughs> yeah that's how awesome. about you what's making you happy
0: oh nobody asks me i'm so thrilled that's <laughs> something that's making me happy right now on your like list you put bourbon and bourbon is making me happy as well
1: Oh, bourbon,
0: whiskey, scotch. It's a little
1: early for bourbon.
0: I know. I'm not having it right now, which (laughs) makes me bummed. (laughs) 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 Why is this a rule we live by?
1: Exactly. I'm in Vegas right now, so I might go have some bourbon right now. There you go. We'll see.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Can you share with everybody how they can find you, how they can subscribe to your coffee, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah, you can search Velodrome Coffee Company on the Googles, and it <laughs> should pop up. And I like our website because I made it, but you can go it's there. Pretty. It's kind of cool. I just revamped it, you know, but we've got some cool blog stuff going on. Mm-hmm. There's a shop button if you want to buy some creepy. Got that. Um, and yeah, uh, Instagram yeah. as well, Velodrome Coffee Co. That's Velodrome. a, a fun, fun thing to follow.
0: Yeah, and I'll have all of their links in the show notes at revivednursery.com slash podcast. So you can find everything there or in just your podcast app. Um, but yeah, I have had their coffee subscription for a while and it's probably the thing that I'm most happy about. So
1: hey, yeah, I love it.
0: The, what you said, Brundi was the one that was in Africa, right?
1: That uh, yeah, yep, the I, you, that one came
0: in two times ago, two weeks Yeah, ago. And it's probably my, been my favorite one so far.
1: Oh, sweet. I'll try to get you another one of those before yes. it goes away because it's about to be gone. Oh no. Yeah. I really like it. <laughs> but it'll be coming back around. So yeah. get excited for it in a few months.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Well, thank you. Have fun in Vegas.
1: Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. We'll be in touch.
0: Yes, we will. Thanks, Dusty. <laughs> thank you.
1: All right. Bye bye. Bye
0: bye. So good, right? I hope you learned a whole lot about coffee. I hope you're currently drinking a cup of coffee. Let's be real. I probably am. And make sure you head to Velodrome Coffee on Instagram. Look for it on the Googles. <laughs> and subscribe to their monthly coffee subscription. You can get it monthly or bi-monthly. It's pretty incredible nonetheless. It's a really great way to support them. And it's really fairly priced and so good. I love it so much. Um, and then don't forget iTunes. You know what to do there. I feel like you got this. And then also, lastly, one last quick little thing. If you are interested in the Get Planty Houseplant Foundation's course, make sure you head to revive to be able to join that waitlist. There you can learn a little bit more about what's involved in the course, and I'll send you just a few emails with some more follow-up information as I I'm a little bit closer to publishing it and to getting it live and in your hands. Um, And if you listen back to my failures episode, I believe episode 15, You know that last year was a hard year and then I took on too much too fast. And honestly, this course has kind of grown from that. Like God revealed to me so much through the year and taught me so much about how to best use my time, how to best use my talents and my passions and my hobbies and my resources. And the Get Plenty Houseplant Foundation gets to be kind of a result of that, like of God bringing me through something really hard and just sort of me just learning as I go to be able to not only grow well as a person and as a businesswoman, but also to just be strategic and intentional with my time. And so this course is the way I get to serve you guys well, the way I get to bring in some income and the way I get to just respect those boundaries that I've set for myself and for my family and for this business. So know that this is something that I have thought through and I'm very, very proud of this course, and I can't wait to share it with you. So if you are interested, head to revivenursery.com to join that wait list. Make sure you're following me at Dusty Heggy on Instagram and leave a review. That's a wrap, guys. I can't wait to see you next week. We have some good stuff coming your way. I'm going to be honest. I can't remember what it is, but it's mind blowing. I'm sure of it.